Dear listener, I'm Philae and you're listening to the Perfumer podcast. When I was 19, I was really thinking, do I finish my business school or do I go to a perfume school? And as I was too old to go back to chemistry and everything, I was not on the right path for that. It was too late for me. So I decided to finish the business school and to, instead of doing five years, to do six and a half and go to the Jeep. In this episode, I will be talking to my friend Eleonore de Stel, an independent perfumer based in Paris who specializes in natural perfumes. I was inspired by her story as she didn't take the traditional path but found a way to follow her dream. I met Eleonore during a creative project for Magic, the olfactive and sensory studio where I work. The project was called Respire and I loved the sense she had created that evoked the memory of a cinema and a comedy club. You can discover this project on Magic's Instagram, which I'll include in the show notes. In this episode, we go through Eleonore's journey, her passion and resilience to become a perfumer, her encounters, mentors, and the creative drive she feeds into her projects. So without further ado, let's begin. Hello, Eleonore. Welcome to the Perfumer Podcast. I'm so happy uh, to be with you right now. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So first, uh, introduction, uh, tell me a little bit more about you, what you do, just a presentation of uh, you today. Okay, so I'm a perfumer, um, I compose perfumes, I'm, I have a specialization of being a, a 100% natural perfumer, so I compose perfume um, made of only uh, compounds coming from nature. And um, so my job is actually to, to make new perfumes and to uh, compose for brands. And um, as, uh, as many projects that I can have, so it would be um, composing fine perfumes or ambiance or uh, anything with a fragrance signature. So you're a perfumer who composes uh, perfumes, but really based on uh, Nature, natural ingredients, so raw materials that are 100% natural. But do you compose sometimes with uh, ingredients that are not natural? Like, or is it only if it's a brief? Is it, uh, how does it work? Um, it's a challenge to only compose with 100% natural perfumes, found compounds, everything coming from nature. And um, so I have like a, a norm for a label. And so uh, I tend to, to be um, as much as I can. So it's uh, ISO 92-35-92. Okay, very technical. <laughs> very technical. So I'm allowed like 5% of my composition that's not coming from nature. But I will almost never uh, do so. But I, I can sometimes, depending on the brief, but I, I, th I would say that uh, 99% of my composition are 100% natural. Wow, we, we must upload to that because uh, uh, as I've heard in uh, the perfume industry, how perfumers are taught is usually uh, classic, classic training is with natural ingredients, but actually most of it is uh, synthetic. I mean, they, they compose with natural ingredients, but a lot of synthetic ingredients. And so it's a big challenge for perfumers to Compose with just uh, natural ingredients. I agree. Uh, I, I was trained to compose with uh, all the ingredients that are available. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I decided, it was during my studies, I, I decided to compose only with 100% uh, natural, everything coming from nature. And uh, they said it was a bad idea to <laughs> do so. So I think I, I was a bit in advance because I, I thought that the market was ready for that. And even though it wasn't ready, it was really what I wanted to do, what I, I thought I was made to do. And it was like purpose to me and there were uh, meaning behind this. And I wanted to um, embrace that. And uh, even though it was difficult and the market wasn't ready and um, Everything wasn't made for it. I think now uh, it's really what people want and what the brands want. And they want uh, this uh, transparency and they want to know who made the fragrance, not only the perfumer, but how it's uh, collected, how it's harvested, or who is the, like, the gardener behind it. 
Okay, very interesting. So you you saw the trend coming and uh, you wanted to jump on it and you also had an interest for it yourself as a, like, like a passion or something that drove you to it, towards it. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I, it was more like a feeling. Um, I was deeply connected with nature and this connection... Uh, <laughs> I wanted to transpose this connection inside my creations and I wanted to say something with this choice. And I always thought that being challenged was being more creative. It's my way to compose and the more I have like restrainings, the, the more I'm challenged and uh, I think the further I will go in my creation. Mm. Wow, okay. So I liked this idea of, I don't know, try out of the, being out of the box so. yeah doing something different and uh, going further than what you could do or what people told you you could do yeah and also as it is so difficult to be a perfumer I, saw, I thought that maybe there were room there were spots for me there and I had this sparkle when I composed with uh, natural ingredient and the joy there so I thought okay it's joyful and maybe there's something and maybe it's my path So I said, okay, I'll try it. That's so cool. I love that. I love that you were brave enough to just go with your uh, your instincts, you know, because that's not easy, especially when there's been a way that things have been done for so long and there's a tradition and even like all these big perfumers who've done things a certain way and you have kind of that path set for you and then you're the one who's like, actually, no, I'm going to take, take a step back and I want to do things my own way. And I, I see a different way for me. Uh, yeah, and all, I, I think it was both because yes, I tried to be different, but I was really um, uh, in, in, um, in admiration for perfumers like Edmond um, Ronitska and he chose in his own path and I was deeply uh, uh, fond of his work and everything that he created was really himself and um, it, it, it was really, uh, he had his own conviction. This was really, um, I don't know how to say it, inspiring. but inspiring and I wanted to do the same. So I, yes, on being on my own path, but also being behind great perfumer that were already forging their own, uh, own way. Okay, um, very interesting. And um, So now let's go back in time and let's go to you as a little child, Eleonore <laughs> de Stael baby. And um, I want to know how you were as a child, like a little information um, of just, yeah, who was Eleonore when she was a baby? Like, did you, um, what did you aspire to be at the time? Did you know you wanted to pursue perfume or was it not at all in in the in the way or in your mind and um, also what did your parents do yeah things like this uh, i wanted to be a perfumer since i was i don't know seven years old i think i was kind of uh, saved by perfume it's very personal so i don't think i will go through that uh, in details but i was really saved by perfume really okay. so it's really connected to who i am And uh, it's my way to be born, is to be able to smell and to, uh, when I breathe and when I smell, it's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, being, I, 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 I told to my parents, I, I said, I want to compose, I, I didn't say I want to compose, I'm sorry, I said, I want to be with uh, perfume, I want to be with scent. Les odeurs. I wanted mm-hmm. to be scent. Yeah. Sense. And uh, they said, okay, you can be either a perfumer or an you know, Ah, uh, yes. Wine. With the wine, yeah. And I said, okay, wine, but I'm not really interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not interested in that. I'm seven, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> not yet. I, not yet. <laughs> so I said, no, I, want, I will be a nose. So since then, I said that I wanted to be. Wow, seven years old. That's crazy. It's like children, they say they want to be like a pilot or they want to go yeah. an astronaut. Yeah. I wanted to be a nurse. A nurse, wow. And how did you hear about, like, how did you ever find out about becoming a nurse? Because I know that me, when I was a child, I uh, wanted to become a florist, but I had no idea there was noses and I loved scent, but I didn't even know that was a job, you know? It's quite... It's my much. parents. 
they answered me because I asked. I asked and I I was always impacted by smell. So every time I was smelling something, so many times a day, I said something. So it was like always there, always, always like I smell that, I smell that. It smells good, it smells bad, it smells good, it smells bad. It was only two two words like smells good or I dislike. Only that. But every single day for many as many days as many times I can So you mean that you would like every time you there's something in nature or you, you get a something to eat, you would smell it and comment mm-hmm. about it. But even if some if someone is cooking or if you're you use this shower gel, I was like, okay, but why did you buy that? Or everything, everything, everything like all day long, I don't know how like um, rice cooking or uh, I don't know. It was. It was just yeah, part of your nature to just instinctly say. Uh, the discussion smells bad. Discussion uh, smells good. That's so. That's so funny. Wow. That's that's uh, that's great. So how how did you uh, become a perfumer? Like what was the path once you knew? Once you were done with your studies, did your parents uh, help you? Did you uh, figure out? Uh, Uh, which school to go to uh, right away? Uh, how did that work for you? What was the transition from knowing you wanted to become a perfumer to getting there? Um, so when I asked my parents that was how to become, how to be surrounded by smell, they answered by being a nose, and I said, okay, I will be a nose. And for like eight years, they I was saying that, and they were okay, cool with that. It's just... Um, nothing for them there was no it was more like a hobby or it was not really something that i could do so they were like not really into it they didn't realize how important it was for me so uh when i turned like maybe 15 they told me no you can't be a perfumer i mean it's too difficult they are too few people becoming perfumers, so it's not for you. Because they, they knew? They knew how the industry was? Yeah, because they, they were like, okay, maybe there is a... There are 100 person in France, so it's like, you will never get there. It's mm-hmm. too challenging, it's too difficult. You, we don't know one there, uh, we don't know how. Uh, we are too far from grass, we are too far from the industry, we are too far from perfumers. We have no connections there, so we can't help you. So it's pointless. So stop dreaming about that and find something um, more suitable for you and easier to reach. So I I was really deeply sad, but I say okay, I trust my parents, my parents. So I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I turned to general studies and I've done my uh, college and then I joined the. Um, Um, business school. Business school, thank you. And uh, then in this business school, after only one year, uh, we went to to internship. And this internship uh, at the end, in the school, in the business school, we we had like as a teacher. I said, okay, you will go to this internship, but at the end, please make time to think about your internship and think about your future and. How far do you want to, to go with this direction, or do you want to reach another one? Do, what do you want to do? Just take a break and think about it. So after my internship, I was I remember exactly where I was. I was on my bed, sitting on my bed, and thinking, okay, I had like great internship. I met friends. I had great uh, um, grades and everything. So mm-hmm. everything was perfect, and I was like, okay. But if I am true to myself. I want to be a perfumer and I'm scared because I don't know one there and maybe it would be very difficult but if I'm true to myself I want to be that so I took my <laughs> courage in the hands and I went back to my parents saying okay uh, I have an issue I have a problem because I really want to be a perfumer and they were very like <laughs> their face decomposed they were, decomposed, oh, like, or... decomposed like oh my god she still wants to do that Uh, what do we do? Because the internship was nothing at all related nothing, to perfume. No, no, no. 
You didn't try to pursue something like marketing in perfume no, or was, uh, customizing vehicles for yeah. Coca-Cola. Because you you didn't know there was other jobs in the perfume industry. No, I didn't know. I see. That's yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. No, because we know. we are not aware of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay, so I have no choice. And then my parents they said, okay. Uh, they take time. They took time to think about it. Then they went back to me like a little reunion <laughs> and they said okay uh, we can't promise you anything but we are going to try to help you uh, so we will speak to our friends about your dream and see how they react and uh, how if anyone knows anyone that can maybe give you some ideas or anything so I said thank you and uh, that's how I went to a dinner uh, from friends of friends of my parents so I was like 19 years old and they were I don't know really older than I and I was with Bertrand Duchefort at the time and I was on this couch and I like, yeah I want to be a perfumer but I was really shy and saying I don't know why I want that you know it's like in my guts yeah and and he opened his, la- his lab in Le Louvre in l'artisan parfumeur and we smelled and then I thought okay this is where I belong and I don't know how but I mean at the time it's like if you open like the Narnia gates or something yeah, or, yeah know, something or something big and whole world why wow so that's when you were sure like I gotta do this no matter what But it's nice that at least, even though your parents were not supportive at all in the beginning, mm-hmm. because I think they were scared. They were scared for me. But then, you know, they kind of helped you to at least try after when they realized that, okay, she's not going to stop. <laughs> so at least, you know, they, they kind of went back your way after. So that's that's good to know, at least, that they were there. I think they were not ready uh, to see as uh, determined I was. Mm-hmm. You know, they were... Maybe I, they, were, they were scared. I mean, if I'm a parent and I have a child that wants to be, I don't know, an astronaut, you have a plan B, plan C, plan D. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For him. Of course. Or, yeah, you yeah. want to try to persuade them to do something else so that, you know. To they, be sure that uh, yeah. the end is not uh, yeah. leaving the streets. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's a safety for your child. And uh, okay, so that's uh, interesting. It's all about uh, that part of your life in the, in the past. And now um, we're going to go more into the career aspect. So once you, once you started, uh, like which, which uh, or maybe before, we can go a little bit before, uh, which school did you do? Like how did you choose your school? Or how did you uh, learn the arts of being a perfumer? Uh, I think first by reading. Of course, I, I was completely fond of some books. Like by reading, yeah. Yeah, okay. by reading. Then um, I really wanted to connect to nature. It was really my intention. That's why I chose to go to Grasse, to the Jeep, Grasse Institute of Perfumery. And I've, as Bertrand, I followed uh, Bertrand's advice. He told me, finish your business school to be sure that you have a job at the end. You have many jobs in the perfume industry, but be sure that you have a degree. So I said, okay, I follow what you said. Then I all my experience, experiences, experiences, all my experiences that I, I had uh, during my business school, I choose to go to the Institute of Perfume. So I was um, in stores, Sephora, Marino, all these kind of shops, and it was the greatest experience found the greatest experience because then I discovered all the perfumes I had like this uh, large approach of the perfume and I and I was uh, when I entered the Jeep I didn't have to work to know the perfume the all the perfume from the selective market because I spent years in stores so I saved times Uh, for a lot of time in um, in, in the school okay so I had this experience and um, I worked at Dior and in Dior uh, it was amazing because 
I don't know, I I touched the luxury industry and I learned so much there. Uh, and then so the Jeep and then I went to I was so lucky because my dream was to, to go to this uh, independent perfumer houses. I didn't want to go to Givenon, I didn't want to go to Firmenich. I really wanted to be in connection to the perfumers, um, independent perfumers like Bertrand. It was really an inspiration for me. And then I went to uh, the Roninska house, thanks to Bertrand. Mm-hmm. And when I was there, I found everything I wanted to do. Um, maybe it would be interesting to know why you chose, because there there's multiple perfume schools and uh, it would be good to know why you chose the Jeep just like this, because uh, I think we were always curious to why a perfumer chooses uh, one school over the other or uh, yeah, just, just to understand your, at that point, why you, you thought you should go there. Sure. Um, so at the time there were the Zipka and the very brand new school ESP, so Ecole Supérieure du Parfum. And this school, they were not yet with the first promotion. So did I, we didn't know, we, we, I was really um, thinking with Bertrand. He was really a mentor for me. And uh, he told me, we don't know yet if it's good or not for the fun. We don't know if there is any opportunity, job opportunity for those people, I don't know. <laughs> What's the value of the school? And it was very expensive. When I was 19, I was really thinking, do I finish my business school or do I go to a perfume school? And as I was uh, old, old, too old to go back to chemistry and everything, because I, uh, um, I was not on the right path for that. It was too late for me. So I decided to finish the business school and to, instead of doing five years, to do six and a half and go to the jeep at the end but it was really uh challenge paris i don't know how we translate paris uh paris paris yeah, paris, paris? You okay can say paris. okay it's paris but you paris. can say paris <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. the same. Yeah, yeah. um because because uh, 12 people per year i mean it's too small and so and i wanted really wanted to go to grasse because as a Parisian, I didn't grow up with this, found this uh, nature surrounding me. So I really wanted to experiment that. I wanted to be in the nature. I wanted to be in the field. I wanted to smell the perfume as it is in nature. I wanted to smell the trees, the flowers. I really wanted to be there. So it was like a dream to me. And so once you started in the Jeep... Uh... And everything is hidden. I don't know, there is a secrecy, there is a dignity there. There were this, um, something very beautiful, like really in link with beauty and magic in this place. Wow, that's, that's profound. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool. And um, very cool that you chose Grasse. And uh, once you were in, inside Jeep, like once you were in the perfume school, what was the what would you do like what's the training like because you know we're used to like i did business school i mean you did business school before but so i guess it's super different what you do every day when you're a student in a in a perfume school compared to when you're a student in a business school so kind of tell us about this this sure. part of your life alors when i when i went to the jeep i was lucky enough to to first go to the rodinska house so I did, this, I did this internship, and the last week of the internship, I was selected to the Jeep. You mean you did a, you did a internship in the with Edmond Rodniska? No, he's dead. Oh yeah, yeah with his <laughs> with his son. Oh, in the, no, with, not with his son directly, in this in the, in the business in the company. Ah, okay, because they so have a company, with, independent ouais. perfumer company. Voilà. Okay. So I was with uh, Miriam Compiani and Olivier Mor. Voilà. Okay. So I worked there before entering the school. I was only in the waiting list at the time. And at the end of my internship, I got the result of being selected to the Jeep. Uh, it was really Montagne Russe. <laughs> yeah, Montagne Russe is a roller coaster. Voilà. 
Uh, exactly, because I was like, okay, it's my last week being uh, in the perfume industry ever, so I'm going to enjoy as much as I can. And really, the last week I, I get uh, I get the results, and so I finished this internship, and I just decided to live in Grasse to be able to do the school. And the school is divided into three or four parts. First, you smell. You're only smelling. First, you start by smelling 10 raw materials a day. Then you finish at 70, 60, 60, 70 uh, uh, raw materials a day. Blind testing every morning before starting the school by yourself. And uh, then we went to these accords. So it's small blend uh, for several months. And then we were challenged to do some um, uh, competitions uh, within the, the group. We were 12. So we had uh, Armip with Jean-Claude Elena. He was uh, there for us to compete and uh, to do perfumes. And after we have this big project, where we are all in competition and uh, I we were all the 12 and I finished first with this uh, first selection wow. uh, yeah it was again moments of oh my god what's happening to me yeah. <laughs> and no it's really dreamy I would say I was so grateful so grateful and then um, we were four because once you're selected, they select four projects, and then uh, we were put into groups. So I selected the person working for my project, and we work again, um, putting the perfume in different application because first it finds fragrance fragrance, and then we adapt it to uh, ambiance, candles, and um, also um, skincare. Skincare. Mm. Thank you. Okay. And then we present it, we present our projects uh, to the industry. So there are like, I don't know, 50, 80 person in the audience and you're talking about your perfume and talking about how you worked and then what, what did you do. Like a conference? Conference, like yes. At the end. Okay. It's a big thing. And, and then they select the winner. So who is not the winner? Uh, and uh, and then then they were they elected then so they did the project and and voila and at the end that was the uh, valedictorian of this uh, year. Wow, <laughs> nice! Of this competition, really right. cool. No, I was not the winner of the competition. Lucas was. Okay. And but I. But um, you were one of the. But I was valedict valedictorian. Okay. Okay. So one of the leader of your school. Yeah, but I went, I was, it's funny because I entered the last, as I was in the waiting list, on the waiting list, I was 14th and I finished at, at the end, but it's, oh, it's, I don't know, it's my path, it's really yeah. what I love to do. But it proves sometimes, um, in the end, the selection process of school, of schools is uh, not, um, I mean, they believe that someone will be good based on their CV and their background and which uh, school they did and whatever traditional path they did. But actually, in the end, what matters is uh, your determination, your motivation, your passion. And uh, that translates to uh, what you're capable to put out into the world. And uh, I think that's also what you proved when you came to that school and you did this project and you were finally ready to show your capacity as a perfumer, becoming a perfumer. And uh, it's really cool to see that. That you really blossomed in that, uh, oh, in that right. school. Yes, completely. Because yeah. I was uh, in the business school, I was willing, but I was willing to work. But once you put passion in it, it sparkles. My. Oh, that's, that's very inspiring. I think that will be inspiring for a lot of people. So that's thank you for telling us that uh, that part of uh, your life. So. Uh, what made you decide to become an independent perfumer? I think that's an interesting and we, we all have that question. As I wanted to do natural perfumes, I, I knew and I, well, I knew that, that there were no, no job for me uh, as it was in the perfume industry, being natural 
perfumers only. Enfin, compositor of uh, perfume in natural. So, I said, okay, I'll try to find a job, a classical job. And, uh, <laughs> and I received a message in, on Instagram from a future, and it's still a client, saying, oh, do you do natural perfumes? And it was my first job ever. And it was the first thing people asked me, it was to compose natural perfume. Like just uh, randomly without you random. saying that no. I'm, I'm becoming an independent performer. No. I want to make 100% natural perfumes. No. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't say anything. Wow. See, that's, this is what I call like the instinct of life and the magic of the universe. And the whoever, as, as mystical as that might sound, it's, it happens, you know. So oh, completely. I, because when I, I stopped the school, when I finished the school, I was valedictorian. It was very intense here. Because you have no vacation, fine. It's really you're working every day, nonstop, nonstop. Every five, fine, five days a week, you are in the lab. But when you're in the weekends, you're working. Obviously, you're learning. You're always in perfume. We live together. All the perfumers we live together. So of course, we're speaking about perfumes all day long. And it's English, no? English, uh, yes. Okay. So it was completely intense, crazy, fulfilling. So once you stop you have like this blank page that you have to write. And I decided that I, w I had not enough money to buy raw materials and to have what, what I needed to live. I mean, composition, it's really something that I, I really need in my, in my day life to, 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 to be able to breathe mm -hmm. again. To make perfumes. Right. To... It's something that I fundamentally need. So I needed to create something. So what I did is I took my other ability, taking a pen and a white page, a blank page, and I wrote a book. Fine. You made a book? I had no idea. <laughs> It's a short book, of course, but I wanted to prove myself that I was able to start a project from A to Z and to launch it. At what age did you write a book? Uh, after my school, it was in, in 2016. So I was uh, 25. Wow. 25. I wow, that's quite young to write a book. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it was about perfumes, of course. And it was about a journey, how perfume came in, can enter life. And how perfumers sometimes can be a wise person in your life, showing you the way. Voilà. I have to read that book. <laughs> you yeah, have to send me that book. Of course, I'm going to lend it to you. Yeah. Um, no, but I really, I really wanted to, to be sure that I was able to um, manage and go over every bump on the way. And as I had this dream, because all the perfumers I admired were independent perfumers. So I, I said, okay, I have my business school, so I know how to manage a business. Fine. Basically, I should be able to. Yeah. I have some, I really some guidelines, and really, really, yeah, I wanted to be like that. Jean Claude Delina, when he he finished with Hermès, he was an independent perfumer, perfumer, and uh, Edmond Ronisca was independent, and he was like, oh my god, so successful. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at uh, Rochas, femme de Rochas. If you look at Eau Sauvage, from Dior, enfin, I mean. Wow. Yeah. I wanted that. Yeah. But it's, it's quite daring. I find that you, as a young perfumer who just finished school, you were like, oh, these are the people I admire. They're independent perfumers. I want to do it right now. I want to start. Because in the perfume industry, how it seemed like it was in the past is you go to this big perfume school and then you uh, enter this big fragrance house and then you work for years and years Uh, working for this um, uh, brands and launching perfumes and then these people were like okay these perfumers are like okay now I want to do what I love and so they start their brand or they start their independent perfume um, business but you were like I want to do it I want to skip that part and I want to become an independent perfumer yeah because I knew I needed time to compose and I needed time to to make a crap 
<laughs> you know, to, to be to practice. I mean, to practice. So I said, okay. So I took advices from Camille Goutal once, Isabelle Doyen. I took advice from different perfumers that I admired and still admire. Um, and I said, okay, if I'm working every day, I will become what I want because I'm working. So the, the key is to work and be in the lab and practice. So I said, okay. I had Bertrand as a mentor and um, And, and I, with my business school, I had one key. Maybe that it's different from others. I said, the customer is right. So if they buy me my perfumes, it means they are good enough. Mm-hmm. So the who is my who is my boss? It's not yeah. the industry. It's, it's the my customers. customers. Yeah. So okay. as I had customers, I said, okay, it's yeah. all right. Yeah. Wow, yeah, you had the validation from the customer because right. in the end that's the person that matters, right? Yeah, it's your client. Yeah. yeah, it's the market. The market is made thanks to customers. Yeah. And the offer that you have to propose, of course. Perfect. And um, how has it been to be an independent perfumer? Is it, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, I mean, I know you, so I know it's not easy every day, but are you happy you made that choice? And um, I mean, it's always hard to regret or to say you regret, but. Uh, what I mean is, uh, yeah, like what, what, um, yeah, do, do you, do you like it? What are the hard parts? Like what, what's, sure. what's challenging as an independent perfumer and what are the parts you enjoy? Yes. I know. I think it depends on your, uh, character and who you are and, um, how you proceed in life. It's. I think it's something like that. So every time it's difficult, at least one time a day, <laughs> at least. Yeah. So it's very hard. I won't. I won't say it's easy because it's not. Uh, the easy part is to compose. The best part. The best the... part is to compose, and uh, but it's it's fulfilling, of course, and. There are so many joys. I think there is at least one joy a day and one awful time a day. Uh, I think many times I, 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 it's been seven years almost. Uh, I think it's the first time this year that I said, okay, maybe I will quit. Because I was like, okay, I don't know, it's too hard too familiar it's really 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 hard Mm. and I think it's the best part it's awful to say that but it's the best part because once you admit that you're going to fail it's the moment the solution arises so I think uh, to be brave enough to say okay I'm not succeeding it's not right And then you're really looking at the situation as it is and finding solutions. Because you're like at the, in French we say at the bord du précipice, like uh, you're at the end of the, of the cliff mm. and you're about to, you know, realize that you might fall, but then you figure out, you have to figure out a way to not fall and to get back on your, yeah. on your feet. Oui. Yeah. So yes, it's hard because... Um, You need to be uh, able to do so many things in only one day. You're the account manager, you're the purchasing manager, you're the selling manager, you're the head of the, the industry, you're the creator, you're the regulation part, you're the, you're the um, everything, you're the lab assistant, you're everything. So, of course, you're at one point, you're not able to be all that person in only one day for one week and uh, to admit that you have your limits and say okay how do I go through that yeah and finding clients like you know prospecting all that prospecting uh, yeah and managing multiple projects like big companies they have uh, teams and like hundreds of people to do that and you're alone so yeah that's not easy no yeah but that's what makes you unique and that's what makes the path I think um, 
more worth it actually because you you're gonna find your way and yes it's not easy but maybe one day you'll have a team under you you know mm -hmm. and this is just the beginning mm -hmm. this is still i think it's the end of the beginning yeah okay that's mm -hmm. good to know so you think you're gonna you're gonna make it i'm sure <laughs> Sure. That, that's what you need it's the right. I've realized like since talking to a lot of perfumers it's always what they this this uh, trait in character that they have I mean that you have is uh, in French you say resilience mm. which is like uh, to never be resilient right? yeah be resilient mm. to never never stop you don't stop at anything you know because I think a lot of people, what you're experiencing now, I mean, also, I think you have an entrepreneur mindset, so that plays also. But uh, people, after something so hard like this, you know, they'd be like, okay, this is a sign I have to stop. I'm at the end of everything. I cannot do it anymore. I will stop. But you, you're like, I'm finding the solution now. <laughs> and so you're continuing and you're like, I'm not going to stop. And I'm, this is when I'm going to, it's going to start to rise and it's going to grow. And so, yeah, you just keep going and you don't, you're not scared no yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway I think it's one of the it's what my mom says about me <laughs> that I'm not scared no but that's good I think you need, you need that you need that especially as an independent perfumer so today what project are you the most proud of after six years of uh, being an independent perfumer I think uh, it's going to be Agenalogy because it's it's quite complete. I mean, there is this uh, meeting point with Agathe. We really, literally, uh, professionally fell in love. We were so um, a good match. We worked so well together. We are still working so well together. It's really a long-term relationship, a partnership. So I love working for this brand. I, I was completely involved in everything and that I'm still involved and I'm so proud of Agathe and I'm so proud to be part of this great journey that we started together in 2019 and uh, how many perfumes did you do for her six six okay uh, more than that but they are not launched yet but they okay. are already <laughs> they are okay, already exciting <laughs> and can you explain a little bit more for the listeners what Ajna, Ajna Logi is it's a brand uh, made for um, get in contact and um, manage in a way your emotions thanks to perfumes so it's how the perfume is it, the perfume is directly connected to, to your emotions so what we do is uh, we are um, composing perfumes that are uh, able to um, make you feel a specific emotion and uh, help you in your day, in your day life, uh, according to your humor and uh, how you feel every day. And it's also linked to the chakra and to the energetic part of each of us. Uh, and I think it's really who I am this brand so that's why I'm so proud and it's uh, now it's in the Galerie Lafayette in Paris so. oh yeah that's so cool I saw oh, that yeah. that's great that's very, so that, yeah very proud of this that's beautiful mm. yeah I knew you were gonna say that but it's a great project and um, did you have to do research about like how, how did you come up to make a perfume that's linked to chakra and uh, to the energy and the uh, You had to do like a lot of research or is it Agathe that knew exactly what she wanted or how it was like a... It's, I think it's really both ways, Agathe and I. We were already there, the two of us, we were already connected to our energy, inner self and all the chakra. And we said, we need to bring that to our creation and to propose it to the people see if they actually get what we, we mean so we were there already we i spent i don't know how many time we were found researching on that so it was really the conclusion of a lot of research we had and when we found each other we were ready to 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 do this uh, proposition so it was a concept you kind of came up with together together yeah okay I guess she wanted to create her brand, her own brand, 
and I had all these um, thoughts about perfumes and we shared and we spent time speaking to each other we spent time being with people because we did this um, exhibition in Paris where we were you know, uh, interacting with the people and saying, okay, we want to do that. How do you react to react to that? What's your need in perfume? How do you see perfume today? And we had this, um, like, a market study in a way. Wow, okay, that's, that's really interesting. Because mm. usually when people launch perfumes, they're just like, okay, this is what I want to do. It's like one, one person who has their vision, their art direction, and they're just like, okay, this is my idea. I want to put it in the world. But you did research and you wanted to do what the clients was uh, dreaming of like something or you we wanted, were, to, be more wanted to be uh, at the service mm-hmm. we really wanted to propose something uh, make people feel something and so and we wanted to go back to the roots of perfumes like perfumes they were the connection to the god and it's also a cure it was something, something the perfume is breathing and breathing is vital and what you put in your nose in a way uh, it's like bringing it's eating it's more than eating it, because it, it goes yeah. to your cells directly and so we wanted to offer something that we thought were uh, meaningful and we wanted really to go back to the roots of perfumes like the cure that it is the I don't know how to say that but With Ayat, we really want the origin, the origin, the origin, and the the link towards uh, ourselves as humans, like the the right. need the for need, it, the need for the perfume. Mm-hmm. Because we we, if you go to all this uh, uh, historical part of the perfume, it's always linked to um, well being. That's true. Yeah, as a remedy. Like right. the Egyptians used it, uh, mm. they started using aromatherapy already in Egypt. Right. And it was. So we uh, had that in mind deeply, deeply, deeply. And we said, okay, we are not as the market is. Maybe we will create something new. Maybe people won't find it interesting. But we are really sure that it does something to people. And we had this. Uh, we were really lucky because sometimes we, we had reactions from the people that were like, I feel better. I feel better. Or what the intention we had in the perfume because we were um, testing the perfume in blind and they were describing exactly what we intended. And we're like, oh my God, but that's exactly the word we are we wrote when we described the perfume before making it. So the effect you wanted it to have actually like happened with people. It's, it's what they felt. Right. Wow. And we're like, okay, keep on going. This is what we want to do. Because we wanted to be uh, part of something bigger than us, we wanted to bring well-being to people and we wanted to do something beautiful and we didn't want to choose between aesthetic and beauty Mm -hmm. and uh, well-being. Mm-hmm. making something a positive really, impact. Well, a positive impact wow. so cool that's really beautiful so that's why I'm, pr- I'm so proud of Ajna Ruji okay um, I have another question if you never got into perfume what <laughs> do you think you would be doing it's interesting actually when we were in the jeep we were in Bulgaria Bulgaria smelling the roses and one of the students Julia she was amazing but she's still amazing at And we were all sitting on the table and she asked exactly this question. So it was so beautiful. So beautiful. And I know exactly what I wanted to be. I wanted to uh, work with metal. Metal. Oui. And um, be, you know, when you have this, I don't know the word in English. Attends, je cherche en français. Say it in, in French and I can try to. Un petit temps. C'est, euh, tu sais, c'est pas couleur de verre du tout, c'est euh, les métiers d'art où tu, tu fais des trucs euh, en métal. Les gravures non. non. Tu sais, quand tu fais des forgerons, pas forgerons, ah. mais tu vois. Like an iron worker. You ouais. wanted to be like a metal worker to build like sculptures or, or, ouais. or build some kind of uh, 
Ah, okay, I don't know how to say that in English, but some um, ferronnerie, fer is, is iron, so you wanted to make uh, uh, iron crafts? Iron crafts. Iron crafts, you, maybe you wanted to be a iron object maker. Oui. Ferronnerie d'art. Metal. Ferronnier d'art. Art iron worker. Okay, art iron worker. Okay, you wanted to become an art iron worker, and why? That's super specific. Ah ouais. Oui, bah, fuck, it's me. <laughs> you love metal? I love... Uh, I don't know, I see myself... I don't... Because I'm a fencer. I'm a, I do fencing, I practice fencing. Fencing. And so I have this link with metal. I don't know, this metallic uh, scent <laughs> around me. And I, and I love fire. And I, I see myself with big gloves and this mask and working like this and now, uh, yeah, completely. Like uh, forging, forging mm. the, the metal. One, time, one day I will, I will. Wow. definitely. Yeah, you should, you should go for it. Have mm. uh, one, one day. Once I have a big house in the... <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> in the woods. <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Iron worker. So now in, into the perfume industry, what do you like and dislike about the perfume industry? Uh, I'm fond of this industry as it is so creative and so creative and um, there's a deep connection with art that I love. I love the fact that it's always evolving. I love the fact that you have a place for each of us. Every, everyone has a, its own path and its own way and there are so many creators that I enjoy watching and following. And I would say what I dislike is uh, the copy. The fact that sometimes to to find customers you take the low <laughs> route I would say which is copying what's already done. You mean the the your customers sometimes your clients they will ask you to copy a perfumer. Yeah, yeah and I disagree. Mm -hmm. And I say okay, we'll do something in this direction, but I will do something unique for mm -hmm. you. Yeah, that's quite sad. I think that happens in every industry. My husband is a photographer and uh, he he also has that experience in Singapore, for example, in Asia, where the clients would ask him, can you do things like this photographer? And, you know, it's like, what's the point of going to you as like with your signature as an independent perfumer and him, an uh, independent photographer? You come to this person, but then you ask them to do something else. What's the point? I, mm -hmm. don't, I don't get it. And um, what is the one common myth about your profession that you would like to debunk? <laughs> uh, what, I, what comes to mind is the fact that to uh, renew your nose, you use coffee beans. Ah, yes. That's, I, I, I don't understand why this is. I don't know why. And this morning I was talking with um, people from Malongo and they didn't know about this myth. And they said, but it's so weird because the coffee beans they absorb all the smell so if you have a bowl of coffee beans in, in, a, in a shop it's going to be completely useless because it's going to take everything from the store so when you smell it you don't smell coffee beans but you smell the perfumes itself from the store so it doesn't work yeah listen everyone don't use coffee beans but instead use your own scent your own arm, breathe into your arm and it's going to renew your sense of your ability to smell. To smell. Yes, Again. like when you're trying to smell different perfumes, uh, try to smell your skin, yeah, your right. arm, like in between. And that's really what works the best. Um, and do you consider yourself more of an artist, a craft person or a scientist? Art. Art, Definitely. artist. Uh, and what would you describe as a good perfume to you? Something that brings a new proposal, something that makes you so um, well with yourself. And a good perfume, it's something that brings to you as much as memories as uh, new ways. It's like a, um, a string from the past to the future and taking you along the way where you are in present. So it's like all tense together and there's something so beautiful with perfumes. It's, yeah, connection with the past and the future at the yeah, same time. Yeah, how it can bring you to one moment uh, to the in other. the past. Right. 
also bring you to a moment you've never discovered yet, maybe. Yet. Right. Yeah. What arouses inspiration for you? Where do you find it? Within. Within. <laughs> Always. I, I love that. And aside from perfume, uh, I guess you told us this, uh, if you, that you have another creative outlet. Is it the, the fencing? Or maybe that's not so creative. I, I don't know. I've never done fencing. I write. You write. I write a lot to myself. I that's that's why when I didn't have my materials with me, I decided to write something. Because you you you, you write in your diary. You, yes. Okay. You you express yourself through writing. Yes. It's okay. not for. It's not meant to be read, of course, but it feels so good. Mm. It's natural to you. Okay. And I think that must help you in perfume because now today you when you know in marketing when I did my internship in Giverdon you have to really like uh, express and do a storytelling and uh, explain your perfume and so with writing if you're good at writing it's going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time we I, I I've been asked to describe my perfume and to describe my intentions and in a way that people understand it. But I use it um, before, before starting a, a composition, I write. And at the end of a composition, I write. So I think it's part of my job as well. Do you ever experience creative blocks? Right. Yes. And what do you do if you do, if you experience blocks? I stop. I put it aside. And I, as I have this timetable, I have this schedule, so I will uh, do what I call artistic, creative tunnels, where I allow a full day to create perfumes. So, and I meditate. And um, I cut my mind, my mental uh, awareness, off and I just write and I need to write before I compose so I go back to the many times I had to go back to my blank page and uh, focus on the the idea I had first but express it in a different way mm. and I go to the blank page again so the the work of a perfumer actually is also to yeah to to, to figure out before you just start putting blending your raw materials you have to figure out what's your like yeah like an artist you have to know what you want to say what before you, you start say. making it yes what do you want to say what do you want to people what you what do what you what you want people to feel always and then you have a story and it can be completely crazy and like a dream So it's not with a, a line, it's more like, I don't know, a composition of different uh, spaces or um, an energetic uh, aspect or uh, like this image, uh, this travel. It's, it can be different things at once, at the same time. Uh, what are your favorite briefs to work on? Blank page. <laughs> a blank page. One where you have no brief. Just um, une rencontre. An encounter. An encounter. Are you wearing a perfume today? No. I'm not wearing any perfume because uh, I was showing perfumes today. So, and I had to go from one world to the other and they were not able to be combined. So I need to be the blank page. <laughs> okay. So, so when you have multiple projects going on, you don't wear any perfume. No. When do you wear perfume then? Uh, when I wor- when I'm working on one specific fine fragrance project, I'm going to wear it in at night. When I leave the, the lab, I I stop and I wear the perfume before going out. And do you make people wear your perfume? Sure. Always in the weekends. <laughs> I said, okay, spray. I need to spray on here. <laughs> What do you think about this one? And I, I put perfume on my, on my scarf and make people smell it. So we talked a bit about it uh, on the side, but um, 
in the podcast, uh, I would like you to tell me what's your morning routine. Okay. Uh, so I meditate every morning and um, I take care of myself. And um, I know what my day is going to be before entering the day. So I know my schedule, I know what I have to do, and then I go for it. <laughs> Great. And uh, how do you take care of yourself during stressful times? I stop. Uh, I have to say that when I experience the, 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 experiment, the most challenging time, um, I think the best way is really to, to, to stop everything. When it's too stressful, it's going to be a mess if you stay stressed. And uh, as being independent perfumer, you don't have any time to mess around, um, to do bad things, well, to make a mistake. To make a mistake, so you need to stop. Stop. Go back to you. Close your eyes. Breathe. Take a full moment of being completely uh, neutral. Neutral. A break. A break, and then go back. Are there times where you just leave? And you go home and then you just do... Because most of the time I try to stay at the lab and have this um, moment where I stop everything and go into my cave in a way. But sometimes you need to completely uh, shut down. Mm -hmm. And, and give yourself that time. And go back to go back home and then come back in the morning fresh. Okay, that's great. Yeah. I think that's... Uh, It's uh, yeah, it's part of well-being, you know, to take care of yourself and just um, know when you you have to stop. Yeah, and it's always it's it's been always better when I do that because sometimes you're so stressed and you have these deadlines, and you say, okay, but if I don't do that, I will be late and I'm not going to be able to achieve it. And the truth is, if you're pushed too hard, you're really not going to make it. But oh, not only for this deadline, but for all the deadlines. So sometimes it's better to be late on one deadline and take time for yourself than being completely out of the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you 100%. So now we're moving towards the... We're arriving at the end of the Perfumer podcast. And um, it's this part called the rapid fire round, which is a, a few quick questions that you have to try to answer. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to start, okay? Sure. If you could only wear one perfume for the rest of your life, what would it be? Black Orchid, Tom Ford. Uh, favorite raw material? Sandalwood. Best cultural recommendation, like a book or a song, a movie? Um... A Toltec Accord, the five accord, Toltec. Oh, the four agreements. Four, five agreements. Really? In English, it's the four agreements of Toltec. No? I think it's four. Very spiritual. Uh, next is favorite food or recipe. Don't think too much. It doesn't matter. It doesn't Pasta. Have... Pasta, yes. Pasta with parmigiano. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love that. I love Italian. I love Italian food. Favorite travel destination. India. Uh, number one quality a perfumer should have? Resilience. Yes, we went over that. That's great. You have it. Your fondest scent memory? Neymar. From my mom. On the scarf. From Guerlain. Ah, okay. So I, I, don't, I didn't know that perfume. I should squish it. old perfume. Very ambery. Naima. Naima. Okay, I want to go smell it. I love that name, Naima. It's really beautiful. Last question. If you could... No, actually, sorry, there's two more. <laughs> If you could go back in time and smell anything, what would you like to smell? It doesn't have to be a perfume. Be... Oh, my... Um, doudou. How do you say that? Ah, yeah. Teddy bear. Teddy bear. Teddy bear. Yeah. Oh. Safety blanket. Oh, my God. It's such a... I love that. <laughs> Uh, one thing you would say to your younger self be true to yourself and keep on going yes now to the last parts of the perfumer podcast the sillage which is what you will leave behind 
the perfume trail. What uh, do you personally want to leave behind after you're gone? Um, and yeah, it can be anything like a legacy or a perfume, or maybe it can even be, uh, I don't know, something people know you for, you know, it can, you know. I'm going to be very cheesy. It's okay. We, we don't mind. I really want to be reminded that as a love person and trusts. And I want to be remembered as someone that loves and trusts. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Thank you for your time. And uh, I'm so happy you gave us uh, this much time and uh, gave me this much time to talk to you. It's a pleasure. And uh, what, uh, where could our listeners find you? Um, Instagram. EDS.parfum in French. P-A-R-F-U-M. Yes. And uh, website. Eleanor de Stahl. And... Uh, on the, the market with my perfumes of course yes like Ajnalogie Ajnalogie we have more coming filtre, many many really. many yeah. perfumes coming up okay mm. thank you so much everyone for listening I hope this conversation with Eleonore inspired you as much as it inspired me if you'd like to support this podcast be sure to follow and leave stars on iTunes and if you're interested to learn more about perfume in general go follow Aroma Study the perfumer podcast Instagram account Although I don't post there very often, but I will try to post more for this new year. See you in the next one. Until then, take care and keep smelling.